You're listening to Level Up Your Business, the podcast where we talk to hardworking business owners and leaders and help them solve real issues in real time. I'm your host, Sarah Frasca, restaurant owner, keynote speaker, and business coach. I've spent my career not only in corporate America, but also as an entrepreneur, carrying on my family's legacy through my restaurant. Now, a business coach and consultant, I'm helping other businesses to use creative problem solving and innovative thinking to drive lasting change. Stay tuned to hear some inspiring guidance that will help you to level up your business. (laughs) Okay, well, hello to everyone out there. Sarah Frasca here, joined in my home studio office with Ann Shaw. Thank you so much for being with us. And Mike Zapone, who is just across the state on the other side of Florida. Hello, Mike. Hello. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. So I figured we could start out with a little bit of an introduction of who each of us is. And um, just as because I'm the one talking, I'll start. Um, So I'm Sarah Frasca. I am the co-owner, co-founder of Point Northeast, which is a business growth consulting firm. So really trying to take all of our clients up and to the right, we call it. So whether that's revenue, profitability, um, I would say retention, productivity, balance. I mean, it really can span a number of topics and issues. We just really want to improve the life and the work and the business for our clients. So that's kind of the intention of building Point Northeast. Um, I also own a restaurant. I have five kids and (laughs) Part of the background here of how I know Anne is that we got to work together for a while, and that was really fun. We were both coaches in an organization doing um, consulting similarly, mm-hmm. and so I got to know Anne and just obviously fell in love with her perspective, her intentions. I mean, I've very, very seldom come across anyone with as big of a heart of gold, truly, like would give you the shirt off her back, would do anything for any human. I just really feel like you're talking about yourself right now. <laughs> no, no, I'm talking about you. Right? I'm talking about you. Thank you. And I just, again, thank you for being willing to be our very first mm-hmm. business leader guest on our podcast. I know, it's yeah. so fun. So Anne and Anne's children and my children mm-hmm. and my husband are all at the same school too. So I have to announce that like we have all sorts of community connections. And so That's we true. do come across each other. In fact, mm-hmm. came across each other at a football game where I said, Anne, you want to be on our podcast? And she was like, yes. So that's why we're here. Mm-hmm. Do you want to do your intro next? I will do my intro next. So um, I'm Anne Shaw and I have worked with Sarah in the past as a coach doing um, implementations, helping companies come up with their vision and then how to make sure they're strategically aligned from the top all the way through the ranks of their organization so they stay on track. Um, And I also do a lot of business writing uh, as part of my business. And that could be lots of times it's marketing, um, then it bleeds into customer experience marketing, uh, and then getting into content strategy. Mm -hmm. And you write for a lot of big brands. I mean, it's kind of fun. Mm -hmm. And and does a lot of writing for some of the biggest brands in the world. Mm-hmm. So kind of fun, but I, I know the background on that, know how coveted you are as a writer <laughs> for some of these big brands. So again, really fun. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yes. Mike, how about you? So how about me? So uh, my name is Mike Zapone. I'm a senior advisor with Point Northeast. 
I have been an entrepreneur my entire life. I founded my first company at the age of 19, which I ran for over 30 years and sold it a few years back. I've been doing consulting work since 2008. I uh, started with some of my clients in my uh, one of my companies. I've had a host of businesses, everything from you know restaurants to commercial real estate development and kind of a little bit of everything. So uh, really enjoy working with small business owners and diving in. And, and I think the neat thing about what we do at Point Northeast is that we're not just pointing out the issue like, hey, your you know, profitability is low or this is the issue. We're really diving in deep and, and solving the uh, solving the problem. And, and uh, I'm really excited to hear what's keeping you up at night. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, that's yeah. a great in mm -hmm. to the podcast. So, you know, we call it level up your business because we want to continually um, take all of the metrics up and to the right. Um, but we just started this. And so, you know, there's some real intentionality with how I, I kind of wanted this to come to life. I want it to be real people helping real people. And so in that, I mean that we have had no insight as to what Anne is going to answer with this question. And it actually <laughs> came up during the course of the week, like, oh, should we get some clues from her? Mm -hmm. But no, like, I really think that this is one of our strengths at Point Northeast. And, you know, if a business owner, a business leader comes to us and says, I am having trouble with X, Y, and Z, we will dig in. And it doesn't matter the topic. And I guess maybe another one of these um, kind of strengths for Point Northeast, in my opinion, um, obviously I'm biased, but like, I'm not afraid to be wrong, right? Like, I'm not afraid to have really dumb ideas, like in a brainstorm, in working with someone, there might be, you know, two dozen ideas we come up with, and only two of them might be good. I don't know what ideas of yours will spark ideas with other people, too. Agreed. So. Mm -hmm. Agreed. And so I think that's the energy that I'm looking to bring with this podcast is just like having a business leader answer the question, what is keeping you up at night? What are your challenges? Mm -hmm. Said another way. Um, and then we'll just dive in and have a conversation. We'll riff back and forth. Let's see if we can't solve your challenges. Okay. Okay. All right. So with that, I would say I'm going to grab my pen and paper mm -hmm. because I really want to make sure I'm taking good notes as you tee okay. this up. I would okay. say you don't have to be brief. Just like give us, give it to us. Like yeah. tell us what's keeping you up at night. So I'll give a little background of kind of my lifestyle and the reason I do have my own business. Mm -hmm. And then I'm going to give kind of like two options, Mike. So maybe that'll make you feel a little more. Yeah. yeah. So we could do both or you guys can choose zero in on whatever. So okay. for me, the reason I started my own business um, was sort of, I would say accidental. Um, I worked in corporate marketing, was doing very well, really enjoyed it, loved my employer, but I had I was a mom of young children and we had some bad experiences with childcare where I no longer felt comfortable and just felt a pull for either my husband or myself to stay home with the kids. Mm -hmm. So it went back and forth. There were a few different times that he almost stayed home and whatnot, but I ended up staying home and saying, okay, I'll do some freelance writing. We'll see how it goes. So my employer became one of my first clients and it snowballed word of mouth. I, I felt guilty because I would, be preaching marketing consulting advice that I didn't take myself because for me, word of mouth was enough. So I just kind of was trying not to start a business because I was thinking, focus is at home. Um, but thankfully, it became successful enough that I really did need to organize an LLC and files and escorts and all that good stuff um, to make sure I was being wise and all the paying taxes. 
So I did organize my business, I became an LLC. And when I was working with the company that Sarah and I both worked for, we were both independent mm -hmm. as our own business contracting, I guess, right. for that one. Um, so that's why I have my business. So I'm always balancing. Um, now the kids are older, I could really dive in more, but balancing out my goals of having my business support my life um, and not catering my life too much to my business. Okay, so so right now, um, the two challenges that I have are business services, so bookkeeping, accounting, taxes, cost, every business cost going up. Yeah. Um, and I've always tried to keep my expenses very, very low, um, have a very simple, if you look at my books, super simple, really my only regular expense, I, you know, payroll of myself yep. was my um, accounting firm. Okay. Uh, and they raised their price 50%. Um, and I decided, I thought about it and decided to do away with it and figure out if I want to do it all myself. Yeah. Um, which I kind of did my own bookkeeping anyway, uh, but they had my back when it came to all the taxes. It's you no know, good peace of mind to have when you're not an accountant to know somebody who knows what they're doing. Right. Uh, and then. Um, so I'm trying to decide, do I take it all on me or do I find another local or something like that? So that's okay. the first I, one. Okay, I got it. That's okay. great. And then the second one, make it more, it's an interesting, we'll see what you think. Okay, so as a writer, um, a lot of people in my industry are worried about generative AI. <laughs> um, and... I have actually written about AI for the past couple of years, not generative AI, but AI in general and the potential opportunities that are coming wow. and then the potential risks that are coming to businesses that use it. Yes. So machine learning and AI. Um, interesting. And now the fact that you can use a tool that will write everything for you. Right. And all, to me, I see risk. Of course, the opportunity. We're talking about prices going up and businesses say, hey, that's one way I can lower my cost. Mm -hmm. I can use this very cheap flash to write anything I need for my marketing, mm -hmm. my website. Um, but there are risks that come with that. And so to people in my industry too, it's do we um, embrace and use that AI to make our output increase and use our time more wisely? Um, but what risks come with that? And I have my own ideas developing about it. Um, but for me too, on the consultative side of helping businesses understand, okay, this is the wise way to use the tool. And there are some unwise ways to use it. Um, and then two, I mean, existentially, will I no longer be needed in the next few years yeah. as a writer, right? So um, that's, that's the two the more practical side and right. then the future vision side. Okay. I just wanted to ask you to reiterate because the mic broke up just a hair during the first one. So can you just give me the summary on number one? I just want to make sure I have it clear. Oh, sure. Yeah. So the business services costs going up um, for all businesses. And then for my business, specifically my book, my accounting and tax service was 50% higher um, starting, you know, it was this month I canceled it. Um, yeah. So that that's my main expense beyond my own payroll. And I just, also, wasn't super satisfied with how tax season went last year. So, gotcha. yeah, yeah, I really ended up doing myself. So I thought I might as well just do it myself for free. Totally. But I don't know that I feel 100% confident. On okay. That. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, so, 
Um, logistically, I'm curious, Mike, um, if you want to mute your mic as we are talking only because I think it is reverberating on your end. I'm not sure mm -hmm. if that's our technical issue, but again, that's not my strong suit. So I might be wrong. What do you think? It sounds a little um, bit. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, um, I do have some questions. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think as a, I'm going to the first one first. Okay. Okay, so you and your husband have like both an interest in working, but also being a family and making sure that your kids have the support necessary. Mm -hmm. Have you, how many hours are you working or how many do you desire to yes. work? During the school year, I usually work up to 35 hours per week. During the summer, I try to keep it to 20, 25 a week. Okay. Mm-hmm. I was going to ask you about seasonality, like whether mm -hmm. you took time off for the holidays or for the yes. summer, or we, we happen to be in a school district that is not a year round school. So we mm -hmm. do have about what, yeah. nine, nine or 10 weeks off in the we year. We do. And so during those times I'll scale back or I, I work way, way ahead. So leading up to a vacation or the holidays, yes. I might work more hours, get ahead. Front load. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Tell me a little bit more about um, the types of engagements you're taking. Are they... Mm -hmm like monthly retainers or are they more project-based or hourly yeah. or how are you? I like to have a mix of both. Okay. A lot of times okay. with freelance writers, you hear like, oh, chase the retainers, get the retainers. And that's great. And it, you know, you have that sort of guarantee for the length of the contract of a steady income. Yes. But I do think if you lean too heavily into retainers, you're starting to put all your eggs in fewer baskets um, and it could be devastating to lose, you know, a client. Yes. So I have a mix of uh, small retainers. I try not to take any on that are too big. I have in the past. Um, so I have a mix of small retainers and then long, long-term project-based clients where we've been working together for eight years, but everything we do together is project by project. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. And um, okay. So this is on just kind of like your overall team. Mm -hmm. So you do have a CPA that you've used in the past, yes. but you didn't in the last year. So that that um, service yes. is a company that was created for small businesses, okay. especially S-Corps, LLCs, solopreneurs, to help them set up their LLC, which I had done myself, but they'll help right. new companies set it all up. Okay. Um, it's a great idea. And then they'll do, you know, bookkeeping, taxes. They'll help them set up payroll and whatnot. Mm -hmm. um, and they'll do their taxes, personal and business. Okay. Uh, I kind of was using grace with this company because they were a startup. Sure. When I was, okay. I was one of their first customers. So it was, it's a really great model and they can be really helpful. Um, I just think for me having such a simple organization, yeah, I didn't need all the extra help they could give me, but I was paying for it. You're not employing anyone else. No, any other I pay you a subcontractor. Okay. All right. Yeah. And then you just pay them like based on an invoice that they turn in. Mm -hmm. And okay. Mm -hmm. So what about, an accountant or um, like who's running payroll? I have it on Gusto. Payroll oh, on okay. Gusto. Mm -hmm. So that's like an automatic, like yes. easy system. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm the admin for that. Okay. Mm -hmm. Got it. Got it. Um, are you keeping a PL like in QuickBooks or yes. in a spreadsheet? You've got QuickBooks, mm -hmm. QuickBooks set up. Yeah. Okay. QuickBooks and Gusto are the two software. Okay. That's great. Mm -hmm. Those are both great systems, I think, mm -hmm. wise. 
Mm -hmm. um, nice to be able to like automatically turn in a PL at the end of the year to mm -hmm. your accountant or if needed. But yeah, go ahead, Mike, you had a question. So what was the accounting firm doing for you when it was, you know, were they running, they were entering the data in your QuickBooks, like daily expenses or give me an overview of what they were actually doing? Yeah, that's a good question. So with um, when we first started, because again, they were in startups, so they were kind of evolving over the course of the two years that I worked with them or that I was their client. So at first they were really heavy in the formation, which again, I didn't need the full thing. I had already set up my S corp filed as an or LLC filed as an S corp, you know, fill out the form where I would get taxed that way. Um, and so, but they did go in, I have Gusto and QuickBooks. They though can go in and set that up for you. And, and I appreciated this because hmm. if you've not done payroll before, it's surprisingly not confusing, I would say, but you question yourself a lot. Totally. <laughs> am I doing this correctly? Yes. Am I going to get bit in the end when I come back? You know, am I setting up the taxes correctly, the payment schedule, whatever? Yeah. So they had they have accountants on staff who go in and double check, set up both QuickBooks and Gusto. Mm -hmm. um, and then they file your business taxes for you. Mm -hmm. um, they file, they help you with your personal tax return as well. Um, and then they later on added regular bookkeeping services. Again, I didn't want to use it because I felt um, I never want to have something in my business being one person banned um, and trying to keep things really simple where I have to depend on someone else and I no longer have any idea what's going on. Right. Right. So I didn't, because again, my books are very simple. I like being in them. I like reconciling and, and categorizing. I want to know what's going on and sure. track my income, but some of their clients, you know, that was great for them. So they're at, they added on bookkeeping. Again, I did not use that, but that's something that they could, they would looked over my shoulder every month and made sure my books looked good. Um, so those were the services. So one question I have for you, I mean, are you mm -hmm. spending a lot of time doing the bookkeeping, the accounting, the payroll that no, so no, it's not like the a thing that keeps me up at night Perfect is, okay, I've never done my business taxes before. Yeah. Is there, I think I know what I'm doing with it. Is there something I'm missing and I don't know and I Got won't it. know till it bites me. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. yes, so do I need it. to file something quarterly or is Gusto doing that for me and I don't have to worry and I just file a simple form at the end of the fiscal year. <laughs> so have you ever, I, I was just curious, like, yeah. have you ever come across a CPA that just does the final look? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Me too. Yeah. I think that might be like the, and the reason I bring this up is that believe it or not mm -hmm. last year. So during 2022, mm -hmm. I got um, audited my mm. payroll was audited mm -hmm. in 2017. Oh, way back. Totally. Five yeah. years later. Mm -hmm. And so luckily I had kept really good records yeah. and I was like $12 off or yeah. something cuckoo. Mm -hmm. And they were like, yeah, you're good. Yeah. But it does make me nervous. And I would say the risk management part of mm -hmm. me would say, protect yourself a bit by just having one final look by someone who does this I mean, this is like changing oil for them, right? Mm -hmm. Like they know how to do this in and out in yeah. their sleep. Like they, I think for me too, it's, I want to make sure it's someone I trust who yeah. other people have trusted. Right. So really a lot of referrals probably because yeah. this service, um, that does do this all the time to your point, like changing the oil mm -hmm. as to a mechanic on my personal tax return, I reviewed what they sent me and I would have missed out on almost 15 grand of re in re tax return oh, if wow. I hadn't caught their mistake. So then I'm like. I need to make sure it's someone who's good. Right. <laughs> you right. know, I think they were doing too many. 
it was a volume problem and a stretch thin problem. But so you took a recommendation. Yeah, afterwards, I'll be eternally grateful. Because I know someone I love, but they can't take any more clients right now, which I respect. They're making sure they don't make mistakes. Right. So, yes. Mm -hmm. Well, I have someone local that okay. I use for my personal taxes and for each of my businesses, mm -hmm. my restaurant. Um, but I also have someone separate that mm -hmm. is up in Pittsburgh mm -hmm. that I use for Point Northeast. And okay. both are outstanding. Both okay. are taking new clients. So uh -huh. I can give you that information. We can put it into the show notes as well. Mm -hmm. But I would say... That's my best recommendation. I think the money spent, mm -hmm. you know, whether it's a couple hundred dollars or less or whatever of yeah. like, do the final look. Mm -hmm. And I also, and this is just for me, mm -hmm. I'm not, I'm not um, comfortable with myself doing it. Yeah. And the money spent having someone else do it is worth it mm -hmm. for me because again, but if yeah. you're, if your system's really simple and you feel comfortable starting it, yeah, I'm comfortable with the month to month thing. I think when, it's, when it comes that's to the good. taxes, that's where I'm like, I don't want to mess up. Yeah. I don't blame you. I don't blame so, you. I would say, you know, a hundred percent that having, you know, doing your year end stuff on your own, I think is, um, is highly risky and not worth, uh, but I, I do feel like you have to be on your month to month, uh, maybe having quarterly reviews and I wouldn't wait till the year end, uh, cause sometimes it's too late. You can't go back in time and capture an opportunity. So having somebody, if you're only going to do once a year, have them looking in the third quarter to try to direct you where you need to be to, to make any last minute plans. But I'm a big fan of quarterly reviews. And I'm also a big fan of having my thumb on the pulse of what's going on, because no one knows better than you do what's happening on a database basis. And so many small business owners think, you know, oh, that's my accountant's issue. And I don't worry about those. And that's that's such a. It's a recipe for disaster. So I, I think keep doing your your day to day stuff quarterly, you know, or, or maybe third quarter review, and a hundred percent have somebody do your year end stuff. I would never touch it. <laughs> okay, I know. Yeah, I, I really agree. Mm -hmm. I think there's just too much risk, and mm -hmm. I would hate to see you get tripped up by something and owe back or be yeah, in trouble. Yeah, it's not or... the time of year you want to be oh, dealing with that. No either. question. So yeah, and I know how organized you are. So mm -hmm. I would imagine like some of these proactive things might even save you time later. Like the mm -hmm. quarterly review is excellent. Yeah, and I like that idea. ironically, I had my quarterly review yesterday mm -hmm. afternoon mm -hmm. with my financial planner who's in Minnesota. Mm -hmm. I've been using him since I was 22, my CPA who's yep. here locally mm -hmm. and my fractional CFO. And I would say because I have point Northeast and Traska, it does get a little complicated. Mm -hmm. um, so they got on the phone with me yesterday and we went through how are we closing the year? What payroll am I taking? Mm -hmm. um, we, we have a 401k for Traska. So mm -hmm. how is that going to play out? What contributions do I want to make? All those sorts of things. And mm -hmm. honestly, I end up listening more than talking, which is such a relief to me because I don't want to be. Yeah. Please tell me what to do. Exactly. <laughs> and I set up my solo 401k too. Yeah. Uh, I think last year or the year before for Polydot. That's my company's name. Mm -hmm. um, it was a similar thing. I'm like, I know I need to do this. I would like to tell me what to do. Exactly. I don't, I don't know. You know? Yeah. So, mm -hmm. Well, and go ahead. just one other thing that you didn't bring up, which I think is really, really important. So many small business owners are of the um, opinion that at the end of my career, I'm going to sell my business and ride off to the sunset. And you really need to have a 401k plan or a retirement plan because when you get to the end, people are not considering their tax basis, what's your cost basis in the business, and wait, if I sell it for a million dollars, what do you mean I'm going to pay half a million dollars in taxes, or or it's not worth a million dollars, it's worth a fraction of that because things have changed. So 
really having your your 401k plans hit up in your retirement plan so important the other side of that too is depending on how you set up your own salary what you paid into this like social security benefit exactly um you know if you're if you're thinking i'll sell it and i'll have all this but i mean and who knows what social security will be like when we retire anyway but yeah. Those things that people take for granted that as a small business owner, it's not quite the same as like a regular employee of another business. Yeah. And, and you know, just general numbers, it's which is, uh, you know, as you get to retirement age and people start telling you for every million dollars you've uh, you've saved, it's $40,000 a year in, in income. And it's like, wow, that's, you, you know, if you start doing the math, you need lots of uh, lots of multiples to be able to support your lifestyle. So it uh, it's a bit of a wake up call, and especially when you're comparing to some of the pension plans and things that are out there. And, and generally speaking, self-employed people have a, a higher lifestyle as they're going through. And then if they get to the end of the road, it's like maybe not, not so great. So we mm-hmm. want to make sure we're planning ahead. Yeah, yeah. You know, on that note, I don't know if you have a financial planner. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do. You do. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. One of the things that my financial planner was very careful on is, you know, you know, my husband is a teacher and mm-hmm. teachers get paid pennies for what they're worth. It's Mm -hmm. really a shame, but, um, you know, protecting myself because I am the kind of the primary, um, salary earner in our family. So Mm -hmm. disability, um, long-term disability, key man insurance. I mean, there are a lot of things as a, as a solo practitioner or a small business owner that you have to make sure you're protecting your family. Yeah. So hopefully you're yeah, like the life insurance, reevaluating that. I mean, yeah. if you, if you start off and you're not the breadwinner, cause you're a startup, but then right. eventually that becomes a bigger part or the biggest part of your family's income. Revisit that. Right. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. That's really good. So mm-hmm. I think maybe we can even put a little bit of just kind of in the notes from today, um, financial planner being really important. I'm so glad you have that. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a good CPA to recommend to you. Yes, in fact, please. I have two. Mm-hmm. And then there is a woman on our team that does a lot of kind of fractional CFO work. She mm-hmm. is my fractional CFO, but she works with a lot of our clients at Point Northeast as well and can help people set up the QuickBooks, the accounting. Mm-hmm. Um, she just had me set up a separate credit card, mm-hmm. which I was like, oh my gosh, that's brilliant because it's tied to QuickBooks and every expense I make now just mm-hmm. automatically feeds into there. Mm-hmm. Oh, it eliminates the uh, need for me to do an expense report, which yes. I was like, phew, I hated those anyway. <laughs> yeah. So that's great. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. okay. So um, did we answer your first question? Yes. I think, that's, I, think so. I think you're right. I mean, it's nice to like have that said back to me of get help. You know, even with, even with, but yes, I like to be in there monthly, but having sure. somebody just look over and make sure that knows what they're doing. Cause even if I'm right, I'm not going to know that I'm right. You know what I mean? I don't have enough knowledge to feel confident. Yeah. Um, and I would love the recommendations to well, get that. Yeah. And mm-hmm. you're so detail oriented. I know mm-hmm. you, you know, so well, but mm-hmm. I would say, think of yourself as a team with them too. Yeah. Like, they may not catch something and you may catch it, like mm-hmm. which was the which example okay. of the last one. Yeah. They're lucky that they have you and you're lucky <laughs> that you are that way. But yeah. also like they should be catching three times the amount of mistakes that you that may I, have made. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, that's what they do. Yes, so I, I would say. But yeah, I mean, if the mental load too of thinking, oh, even though I am paying the service, I'm responsible for making sure it's right. And, and they're not. And but they that, should be. That is worth a lot. Yes. So I would like to have my mental load lessened. (laughs) I think that's really important. Yes. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, so one, one of the points that you brought up was about the cost of things going up and margin compressions. You know, when you're when you're categorizing, and I think people tend to, in my experience, people tend to really, uh, you know, pendulum swing too far or not far enough in breaking down your expenses. If it's so granular that you can't see a pattern or the big picture, it's a problem. And if it's not granular enough, it's a problem. You really need to be able to find the balance in categorizing your expenses and putting these together so you know and can make decisions on, is there an opportunity here for me to find a savings to pick up some margin, things like that? Mm-hmm. I mean, it sounds like you're you're looking at it with a fine-tooth comb. I would say, when, when you were saying that, Mike, it reminds me of the restaurant, of course, because we have all of these vendors. So mm-hmm. every month when we look through the PNL, it's, you know, our um, expenses for getting the the towels in. So they dry clean them, they bring them back completely sanitized, and then we use them, you know, and then we put them in the dirty hamper and et cetera. But those guys, like if you're not watching, it goes from like, you know, 120 to like 300. And it's like, wait and a minute. You know, sometimes they count on that. Totally. <laughs> yes. Totally. So yeah. I do think like really mm-hmm. being, you know, kind of aware and watching it um, is important. And then I would say, you know, it might not be a bad idea to have mm-hmm. someone and maybe it's, you know, someone you trust, mm-hmm. like um, a coach, a, an outside person that's like looking at it and thinking or knowing your industry to mm-hmm. say, you know, gosh, it seems like you should not have that expense. It right. seems like, or or you should be writing off mm-hmm. part of your internet or you should be, yes. deduct, you know, taking yeah. a deduction or something like mm-hmm. there could be some nuance. Those are the little things. Yeah. I mean, that's something again, because like you said, I'm just a curious person. I want to go re- over research everything. <laughs> I was doing all those things. Right. But it was nice to have someone say, are you doing this? Yes. And then you start to calm down like, okay, I'm, I'm doing a good job. That's or really if, great. if you didn't, it's a nice thing to know. Um, but yeah, I think the other side mm-hmm. of it too is as all these, we're all businesses, right? And we and we use businesses to help us run our businesses. And so we all know we're in the same boat of the inflation and yes. all these things. So for me, you know, I like you said, I work with a lot of big brands, um, and I knew they all had their they they publicly announced when they're raising their rates and things like that. Mm-hmm. So um, you know, I never really increased what I charge for what I do. I mm-hmm. didn't really need to. It was okay. And actually, when I worked with small businesses, I reduced it a little bit to say. Every, we're all in hard times. Like I'm not going to raise it. I'm going to reduce it a little bit. And that was interesting because for me, it was just, there's only a handful of them that are really small. Yeah. Um, and it was, they were so appreciative. And now that's a relationship that's going to be there forever, you know? So it was already a good one, but that's something to think about too, I think. And just remembering that we really are all in similar well, dilemmas sometimes. Although I'm not sure that a price increase isn't a bad idea for you. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would say, you know, again, I'm relating to some of the work we do with our clients and then again to the restaurant of mm-hmm. like, if we have increases because of inflation, we have to take you have price to. Increase. And I think for me, it was like, but my expenses, I don't have all the vendors that you have where my expenses were going crazy. My household expenses were. Yeah. Um, but I didn't, again, my only cost that was regular was this um, accounting service. And they hadn't raised their price on me until now. But okay. I do. It's, the other thing is I knew it was probably due for an increase. And some of my clients are really great and they just increase me. I don't even have to ask. Mm-hmm. But that leads us back to that AI thing. Sure. Now that generative AI is a thing and people have to realize maybe it's not as great as they think it will be. The value of writing services is like a question. Right okay. Now. Okay. You know, okay. so 
Um, I want to go back to the price increase for just a second. Okay. I would say if you're looking at the products that you're servicing, mm -hmm. make sure that you are pricing according to the value mm -hmm. of what you're delivering. Yes. Because if it's a, again, like you may not see this mm -hmm. or you may be too close to it. I don't mm -hmm. know this, but mm -hmm. like a 50 word social media post mm -hmm. has the same, if not more value than a 500 word essay that you might be doing for a blog, for someone's website or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like remember that the value, the value. is what you need. Not to necessarily pricing. the time. That's right. But the value. That's right. Yes. And mm -hmm. so I'm wondering if that will help you increase your margins mm -hmm. a bit to cover because remember to your first point, your work-life balance is the reason why you've made decisions to do the things you're doing. Yes. We don't want you working more hours mm -hmm. because your home life has increased. I mean, your value has also increased mm -hmm. at the same rate or if not at more because mm -hmm. you continue to build experience. And, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking of myself like, confidence in what you're doing, yes. your ability mm -hmm. to serve people mm -hmm. only gets better and better. Mm -hmm. So your value is only getting increased. And so again, I would look at it as I know that you don't have avocado vendors, yeah. but <laughs> if your life expenses are increasing, mm -hmm. I don't want you working more to cover to that. For that. I want you charging more. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's what yeah. I would yeah, time time is your most valuable asset, right? We can, we can't buy any more of it, and, and we can only spend it. So, and I also think you know your your company's uh, health is important to the other companies that you support. So, if you put your company at risk, where yeah. you decide I'm not going to do this anymore, now you're just now you're not providing a service that's very valuable to your to your clients. So, it's important you know put your mask on first scenario. Mm -hmm. That's a great point. Yeah, it is. Okay, so now to AI. Yeah. You know, when you were first talking, I was thinking like, what are the uses of AI and how are they impacting? So maybe talk a little bit about that just so I can frame my thoughts. Yes. So, Articles. What, mm -hmm. what are people using this generative AI? Is it like ChatGPT, so, by the way? It's ChatGPT. That's okay. like the first okay. example everybody thinks of is okay. ChatGPT. Um, there are other ones and there's a, like a newer, more expensive version of ChatGPT. So, and you know, it's, know it's not going to end. <laughs> right. So... Okay. Um, so the uses of it, I think, you know, lots of some, some of it is just somebody saying, oh, I'm horrible at writing an email about, um, whatever price increases. Mm -hmm. And I want chat GPT to just give me a spark of an idea yep. of what I could say. Um, or even like amending a contract, which again, like that really affects the legal industry. They're very concerned about this because, and a lot of it goes into how this AI is, what is it trained on? So training AI is the models of data. Right. And I'm not an expert. So if you ever get really interested, please go read about it. <laughs> um, but it's the, the training for AI is the data that goes into it, what it learns from. Okay. So something like oh, OpenAI's ChatGPT, it's trained on the internet. I mean, like to keep it very simple, the creators are saying, you know, it's hard to, you have to be concerned about AI being biased. So how are you, how you're training it? You have to make sure that the data you train it on doesn't have inherent unrecognizable bias that mm. the creators have without, okay. again, okay. not knowing that they do. Um, so there've been issues in the past where AI programs are revealed to be biased against women or against people of color, especially when it comes to like applicant tracking systems and resume screening hmm. um, and writing job descriptions, things that turn off women versus men or things like that. Interesting. Yes. Okay. So that's bias has always been an issue with AI. Okay. So I, so sometimes they'll say, well, 
the more data we can pump it in, because especially with the internet, there's so much, excuse me, crap. I know it's a really bad word. <laughs> so much crap on the internet. And so they're thinking, well, let's just give it the whole internet because then it's going to get all the good stuff too. Yep. Okay, but it's still getting all the crap. Right. And eventually, if there's more and more and more AI generated mm. content on the internet, it's training itself. Ooh. And the scary thing is, you can't fact check it the same way you can an article written by someone like me, where I say, here are all my sources. I make sure to choose only credible sources. I can link back to all of them. Um, if you if you write something on AI, and this is something I think small business owners who use it and say, I'm going to use it to write an article about whatever it is. Yep. If they're not heavily editing it themselves, which takes time, mm-hmm. um, then they run the risk of having something untrue um, something biased that they're publishing mm-hmm. and they can't go. It would take them a lot of time to say, let me go make sure all of this is right. At that point, you might as well write the article yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think people don't, they just are excited about it. And it's especially being used a lot for email, for marketing copies. So headlines, yes. write a catchy social media post for me. So again, it sounds promising in terms of time return and cost reduction, but if you're going to do it safely, mm-hmm. does it? Yeah. You well, know. I mean, my very first initial reaction is just that, I mean, I pride myself on authenticity Mm -hmm. and I would say like my businesses are as authentic as they come. Like Mm -hmm. I'll tell anyone anything, like I have no vulnerability. Mm -hmm. I mean, I have nothing that I'm not willing (laughs) to be. I'm not vulnerable at all. Exactly. exactly. (laughs) Wait, I said that. Um, That's the moron vulnerability, but no, but seriously, I I really believe in authenticity Mm -hmm. and I think the artistry of things is important to me. Mm -hmm. Now, on the other hand, you know, I have seen some incredible uses of AI, Mm -hmm. like in the battle against against cancer and the amount of things that, so I I know that there's a good balance. But we don't want to give our creativity and strategy and critical thinking skills. We don't want to let them um, atrophy because we're relying too heavily on AI. And I think yeah. the other thing as a writer is some, some writers are saying, and I've seen this on a lot of freelance writing blogs where they say, it's going to be a tool that helps you increase your output. Cause I could go say, Hey, chat GPT, GPT, please write an ar- article for me on this. I want it to be around a thousand words and write it um, so that an eighth grader could understand it. Cause a lot of web content is done that way. And I can go edit it, but again, can I fact check it? Yeah. I mean, yes and no. Wow. The other thing though is so some writers are saying, you know what, this used to take me three hours. Now I can do it in 45 minutes and I'll edit it. I'll make it really good. But eventually that's devaluing your work. Right. And, and more and more people are capable of doing that. Yeah. Um, and so if that's going to flood the market with freelance writers who are really AI tool users, editors. Yes. And then the value of our work as a, as a group of professionals will go down. Right. Okay. So you are attracting clients that are Mm -hmm. big brands Mm -hmm. and people that are having content out there and they are attracting consumers or clients or whatever. So there's almost a couple of layers here, but I was kind of thinking like, as you market yourself, would you ever use a slogan of like, I will never use. I would. I don't know that that that's not a popular sentiment right now. It's not. There are some writers who will say that, or they'll say, you know, make sure your whole website isn't chat GPT and everyone can tell. I'll write it in your brand voice, but they're not saying I won't use the tools. To me, I'm like, I won't use the tools. My clients have asked me and I'm saying no. Right. Um, because again, for me, I don't want to lose that skill, that muscle yeah. of creativity and again, critical thinking. 
But um, yes, I would. I think a lot of people right now are saying, oh, you're kind of backward and that's not going to age well because AI is the future and you should really be embracing AI and learning to use the tool. And, you know, so I think in general, and I don't know how long that'll last. We don't know how it's going to play out. I would kind of hope that Mm. the excitement dies down and we all know how to use it wisely. And people say, oh, you know what? It does take me a lot of time to edit AI content. I'd love to work with a great writer who can just do it and I trust them. So, so I have I have a couple of a couple of points. So one, I think, you know, it's it's great to be focused on, you know, disruptive technologies that are coming to your industry. I was in the show for a transportation business. Uber was a disruptive uh you know model to us. GPS, right, for chauffeurs uh that you know used to know how the interstate system worked and now just type in an address and off we go. Um, so what I think is, is that, you know, higher value, it's kind of like, what did the small retailer do when Home Depot came to town or any, any of those sort of scenarios? You know, Ace Hardware probably pivoted the best out of, out of everyone. You go, you know, they're, they're specialized and you just kind of keep moving your value up. So I know with our company, with uh, the transportation business, when Uber became uh, popular, companies like, you know, Fortune 500 companies are not inclined to use an untested tool. So the things you're talking about, fact checking and all these tools are going to be more important. So maybe your mom and pop business is not going to be as concerned and they will use AI and and companies like Google can tell you whether this was written by a human or not, right? So they're devaluing those, you know, those posts. So it's really just elevating your business to be able to, you know, find that the people that are going to line up with the value. And it sounds like you're already working with those great companies, but if it were me, I would just refine my effort on, making sure that I'm really going into those avenues. And look, the mom and cow, you know, the landscape company, they're probably going to start using an AI tool to write it because it's just not that important to them. It's kind of like people using their website. They're not going to hire a developer. Right. Yeah. Right. right. They're going to go do their own thing. So, so I think you just need to move, you know, continue to focus on that higher level and, and refine where you're going. But I think it's great to be plugged in, especially at the level you're already operating at. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I was thinking like, you know, you talked a little bit about some of the reasons to not use Mm -hmm. an AI, like a a generative AI. And I think those are the things I would really double down on because if AI grows, those are the things that people are going to be now focused on. So here was my thought. Mm -hmm. If fact checking Mm -hmm. is the thing that is missing with chat GPT written articles, is it possible that you could supplement your writing with like a fact checking department? Yeah. I'm not suggesting it mm-hmm. would be you, but it would be like, hey, if you're using chat GPT, you're going to need to do fact checking because it's mm-hmm. not doing that. So yes. now I have a department of fact checkers. Yes. I think that's like a line of business for some people. It'll be exactly. fact checkers. It'll be the brand voice technicians who go in. So, yes. And like okay. you said, I think for me, it would be like, OK, I'm going to hire a subcontractor to do this for me because to me. That's not interesting and fun. Yeah. Um, it's I important. Do. Right. Um, but it's, and it can be done by a lower level. Like it's not really, if somebody hired me to do that and people have, I really want you to do all this um, copy for me. Okay. But for what you pay me, you can do it if you want to, but you could find someone who will do a decent job for way less than what I will charge you. Right. And, and sometimes they're still like, that's okay. It's just easy, you know, whatever. Yeah. So, but that, yes. And that'd be something where if I'm having a subcontractor do it to the right. point, like, okay, then that, and then I pay that person what that's worth. And, mm-hmm. but that way too, you're not alienating potential clients or. Yeah. Right. And I think where, you know, value is perception, right? So 
someone, you know, you can't, you can't say different people value things individually. So I may find a greater value in having you write my articles because that's important to me, important to my brand versus someone else is going to not find that value and they're going to use. So I think that's where the, you know, it's kind of back to Mike of saying, find the right types of clients for you, right? Like find not only the people that care about it for like the risk averseness of having AI content, but also people who just have aligned values of, we care about humanity's creativity, keeping it with humans. (laughs) I mean, I I kind of think of like some examples that are Mm -hmm. similar with like Patagonia. I'm not talking Mm -hmm. their writing. I'm talking their materials, right? Like are, where are there places where people are not cutting corners yes. because it's the right thing to do? Mm-hmm. And yeah. I kind of feel like maybe in those examples, maybe there are some good practices that mm-hmm. you could employ. Like, you know, I, I think about like, I mean, coffee beans, right? Like you mm-hmm. could go out and source crappy coffee bean coffee beans from people who are using labor forces that are not paid well or are children labor. I mean, I don't like know. the fair trade. <laughs> they make sure. Yep. And mm-hmm. then you have the people who are doing it right. Mm-hmm. And so then I'm thinking like, how do you go and look at the farmers in Colombia or wherever they're sourcing their coffee, coffee beans that are doing it right. Mm-hmm. And what are they doing to showcase mm-hmm. we're doing it right we're doing it the artisan's way. We're charging more because we're doing it the right way. And, and the so, people are happy to, the pe- the types of customers they are after are yeah, happy to pay that. Premium. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm just thinking of like the companies mm-hmm. that like, I think every industry has that. In fact, I think the restaurant industry is fraught with a lot of people who don't do it the right way. And mm-hmm. yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I was thinking too, you know, there may be at some point, the types of organizations that crop up that are evaluating content. And I'm thinking fact checking or mm-hmm. just like, um, you know, the, the newspaper industry or whatever, maybe newspaper wasn't a good, I, a good example, like the news industry yeah. where they are actually developing um, the types of people that can come in and comment on. Yeah. And I was and wondering need that because the news industry is considering AI written, yeah. which is terrifying. Well, <laughs> and I was wondering if like you could be an that. expert for them. Yeah. Like that could mm-hmm. be another source of revenue is true to be a, an expert on the value of non-generative AI mm-hmm. writing mm-hmm. or the expert on why the artistry is so important. Yeah. You know, I had heard, and I don't know if this is true. There was a, a rumor that I think my children told me, but uh, again, don't know if it's true that a young gentleman college student at maybe Princeton was given like a pretty big grant or scholarship or something because he developed a product that could tell whether it was written by AI. AI. Well, really the best tool to see if it's AI is AI. No way. There are AI tools that will, they're more accurate, you know, so there's online reviews. Okay. <laughs> so generative AI is terrifying for people who need to use online reviews for things. I mean, it might, might be great for businesses that already buy fake reviews from like the content mills in other countries and they just write a bunch of fake reviews, but now AI is making it easier. And so now there's another AI product that's hmm. saying we can detect AI generated content and we're 3,000% more accurate than human readers and who we ask, like, read these 10 reviews and tell me which ones are fake. That's amazing. So, yeah. Okay. So, I mean, All really, right. are we going into a future like the Wally blob people? <laughs> so, well, and is there going to be 
almost like I'm thinking of like the the better business bureau, mm-hmm. you know, that's like, ooh, this business is doing it great and this yeah. business is not. So evaluating like, yes, I see what you're, I think I see what you're saying. Well, yeah, I was mm-hmm. just wondering if there would be like. So almost like a certification. Totally. Or a badge of. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like I like your point about like the the premium brands and the ones that are doing it right, and I think it really boils down to that is that you're you know we're we're evolving, and I think as small business owners we always need to evolve and we always need to you know reevaluate what we're doing and what's our product and what's what's the future going to hold. But yeah, the the current climate will certainly uh, pay more for perceived value when when you line up your core values and all of those things, and uh, you know certainly. You know, following that path, I think is going to be the best. Me too. And I wouldn't be shy about it in all honesty. And I'm glad to hear that from both of you, because that's the way I would like morally and just in my core want to do it. Yes. I'm like, I've talked with my husband about this, who runs a medium business. He's like, you know, you're just going to, you're going to have to get ahead of it. And he's like, I'm just like, I can't do it. I'll just fold. But to your point, then, then the person who does do that is gone. Um, and isn't available. So, and not that I want to just give up, but I'm just like, I, it's not in me. I don't agree with it. Yeah. Um, Do I think you're bad if you use it? No, I think there are some good uses for people who use it for like brainstorming or something. They're not great writers and they just want a turn of a phrase that helps them when they're writing their emails to someone. I mean, Mm -hmm. I think it's a nice tool. Mm -hmm. I also think, you know, the more we all use it, the more impressive and better it gets at everything that it's doing. Um, So to me, I'm just not going to use it. Yeah. But well, I think, again, I would lean into that as yeah. like part of your brand, yes. in my opinion. I mean, mm-hmm. I would say, you know, I'm, again, thinking of other industries that have done this and there's like, you know, like Sargento cheese. Mm-hmm. Sargento cheese is very, very overt about the fact that they are real cheese mm-hmm. from Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. And they talk about the farms that the dairy Just unashamedly cows, who you are. Like yeah. we're little and yeah. we're happy to be little or mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. In fact, I think I have a book up here somewhere that's called Small Giants. And it's literally, oh, seen, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. it's about small businesses that were fine being small because they wanted to be the artisans of their And that's craft. why they lasted. Totally. Because they stay true to their mission, their vision. Yes. And didn't. Yeah. And I think that's one thing, too, again. So it's interesting what you just said made me think you're kind of saying the same thing as my husband, but with a different twist where he's saying, get ahead of it, start to learn the tool, start to use it. And you're saying, get ahead of being of people on the other side who are like, actually, I don't want someone who does that. Well, I and maybe it'll take a little more time because I think people will have to feel the effect some of the negative effects of yes. having used these. You know what? That's a really good point. And then saying this person was never using it all along. She knew and we're going to go use yes. it because she doesn't do it. Well, and I can see the spark in your mm-hmm. eye too, truly. Mm-hmm. Like when when you lean into the like, no, I'm not doing it because mm-hmm. I don't believe this is the right move and mm-hmm. I want to be an artisan of my craft. Like I think, mm-hmm. again, we talked about mental load. Yes. Like I think I can see mm-hmm. you light up and I think that's worth Yeah, and if I was being an AI editor, I would be like, here we go again. You know, it wouldn't be fun. I wouldn't have that. So I know. Mm-hmm. What do you think? I think quality. It's quality over quantity. Yeah. Yep. yep. Okay, so number one, mm-hmm. I'm going to get you the names of some PPAs. Yeah. Number two, mm-hmm. Think about your branding and coming yes. forth with like this, like open, not afraid, real <laughs> stamp of Anshaw. Like this is a real person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. 
I think you're, you're so authentic. I think it'll be so natural for you. Mm -hmm. And I think it'll Thank feel, you. make you feel good. Yeah. Yeah. Just great. Mm -hmm. Well, did we solve your two problems? Yes. I mean, it's, it's also, sometimes it's like a lot of people know how they feel, but they need to be told it's okay to feel that way. Go Heck there, yeah. you know? So that's really, again, I think for me, a lot of times it's like, I think, I think I know, but there's not <laughs> that, there's not that confidence or peace of mind. And it's just helpful. Um, and I, and the idea of putting, making that part of the brand. Yeah. So, and I just will love having another like CPA in my pocket. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I've got two in fact. Yeah. So, yeah. I've got mm -hmm. two good CPAs that I know will help you. So, mm -hmm. I mean, thank you again mm -hmm. as we been fun. move to close. I mean, mm -hmm. really, really, I think my number one moment of gratitude is thank you for trusting us mm -hmm. with like kind of your, you know, what's keeping me up at night moments. Like that's mm -hmm. really, um, I'm honored mm -hmm. and it was a lot of fun. So, hey, Mike, um, you look like you yeah. even had fun. I want to know who's writing me and then I want to know how it went for you, Mike, not knowing what I was going <laughs> to. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was a complete surprise. No, it was exciting. It is. And uh, even though I didn't agree on the front end, I do agree now. So, <laughs> Are we going to stop and he'll be like, let's never do that again? <laughs> yeah, no. You were a good sport. You really were. And I thought, uh, I thought we really made some good magic in this hour. So hour ish, but mm -hmm. thank you truly. Yeah, Thanks for coming thank over. I know we live near each other, but mm -hmm. still thank you for taking time out of your day to do this. And I'm glad I did. I got right. to see you in person. I, know. I always <laughs> love seeing you. Well, Mike. You. So nice meeting you. Nice to meet you too, Mike. Thank you so much. Yeah, for you. Now you got a writer too, for some of your big businesses that you help. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, thank you, both of you, and have a great rest of your afternoon. If anybody else out there is listening and watching and wants to be a part of this for their free business guidance podcast with us, the free hour please, help, <laughs> please pass it on because we'd love to have anyone from any industry with any challenge. So, okay. See you soon, Mike. Thanks. See you soon. Bye. Thank you again. Thank you. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Level Up Your Business with me, Sarah Frasca. If you have a problem in your business that's keeping you up at night, please join us in a future episode so we can help get you unstuck. Just click in the link in the show notes and send us a message. Please remember, stay innovative, friends.